Welcome to LOA Today. I'm Walt Thiessen. With me today is entrepreneur and Abraham Hicks fan, Louis D'Souza. This is your Daily Dose of Happy. We are so happy you decided to join us today. She's not able to join us this week, but she will hopefully be back next week, and we will look forward to that. Uh, Louis is chilling with his uh, his uh, Alps background. I presume that's an Alpine background that you're showing. Is that, isn't that what that is? Yeah, that's Austria, isn't it? Austrian Alps. Yeah, yeah right. Okay. So he's he's chilling as usual, and it, it, it's it's kind of a cool look. I mean, obviously most of our listeners are audio only, so they can't see it. But he's got this T-shirt on with the Alps, the snowy Alps behind him. It's like what a contrast! I like that. <laughs> <laughs> and we have a special guest joining us today. Uh, she uh, actually lives in in the same state that I do, although she's currently in Florida. So I think she's kind of a bit of a snowbird too. A but uh, she's uh, she's a life coach. Uh, her she's the CEO of Catalyst Life Coaching, uh, and she's going to tell us a little bit about how she got going in that and uh, what are the main things that she likes to emphasize. But first of all, Julie, thank you for joining us. And how are you doing in Boca Raton? Thank you for having me and doing fantastic. It poured rain all day, but it looks like the sun's coming out now, so we're good. <laughs> See, it poured rain up here too, so there's no difference. Live yeah. down there, live, no no difference at all. Exactly. <laughs> So give us a little idea about your background. Tell us how you end up being a, a life coach. Oh my gosh, I'd love to. So I have a, a great story, I think. Um, you know, when you when you get to this age, there you usually have some interesting things to talk about. Um, but I started my journey. Um, I became a, a mom at 16. And wow. so it kind of gave me this perspective of, all right, girlfriend, you got to go figure it out. Make sure you've got a great life for you and your daughter. And so I've always had this this driven kind of quality about me. Um, but I became a registered nurse uh, when I was 19 and I've been a nurse for 28 years. The last 10 years, I was a nurse executive at a medical record company. Um, and, you know, while I was in that role, I um, got my life coaching certification and was doing that on the side for about the past two years. So it's something that I've always done. I've always mentored. I've always, I would lead large teams and I would be mentoring my, you know, direct reports. Just, it was just my nature um, and decided that it was my passion and my calling. So in October of last year, I decided to jump into this full time. And so, yeah, so I have Catalyst Life Coaching. I do one-on-one -on -one coaching programs. I hold retreats. I do workshops. Um, I do speaking. I, anything to help people decide. That's really my, my claim to fame is you decide you have control over your life. I have a great, um, kind of program, the Julie Allison program for decision-making and all of it has the law of attraction manifestation woven into it because that's what changed has changed my life. And so that's, that's me. Okay. So let's go there. Since you brought up LOA, how do you tie that in? Tell us, talk, talk about that that chunk of it, so to speak. Sure. So my, um, so this is the way I, I operationalize and I know I sound like I'm making law of attraction, very black and white, and it's not really. However, um, I, I see two swim lanes in my work so, and they have to be, they're parallel and they have to be going at the same time. So the, the decision-making process, a client comes to me and they'd say, okay, I have this big decision to make, or I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do, or I don't know what, exactly what I want to do, but all within that are decisions that have to be made. So I bring them along this journey of really understanding who they are at that point in their life. So what are your core values right now? What's important to you? And what does that look like? What things could possibly be holding you back, limiting beliefs, you know, um, stories that you're telling yourself that aren't really true. How do we get rid of some of those blocks? 
And then what is it exactly that you want to do in your life? So I call the first part reset. Second part is realign or sorry, reimagine, which is what do I really want? Like what dream big? What are, what do I want next? Um, whether it's my job or my relationships or my finances or my health. And then the next piece is, and that's, and a lot of the law of attraction manifestation is built in there. And then the reemerge piece is, okay, so now what? Right. Cause you, I think Jim Carrey said it like you can't manifest and go sit on the couch and have a sandwich. Right. There has to be action. You have to change habits. You have to change behaviors. So those are my like tactical things, but all along that journey, I'm talking with them about how the law of attraction and manifestation ties into those things. Right. So like if you have these limiting beliefs and you continue to think them, well, you're attracting those things to you. You know, and when you're talking about reimagining what you want, you need to be crystal clear on that. How does it feel? What does it look like? Who are you with? You know, get as specific as you possibly can. I talk a lot about the power of imagination and how we don't play as adults like we did when we were children and we're ripping ourselves off. And then again, the reemerge piece is just as it is. It's like putting it out there and believing that if you take this, these actions, then you're, it's, it's just putting you in a better position to manifest those things. So that's, that's my program. Okay. Very good. Um, So kind of following along on the same theme uh, when you mentioned like the, three to four main areas that kind of cover almost all people in terms of what they, what they tend to want to be interested in or tend to be interested in when they're exploring law of attraction. Uh, there's money or, you know, careers actually kind of is, is an adjunct to that relationships, health, most life coaches that I have encountered and talked with, and there've been quite a few of them um, tend to find themselves tending to focus in, in one particular area, just because that's where their, their clientele for whatever reason tends to come from. Do you find that same thing or are you really covering all the areas? Um, I, I am, I have covered all the areas, but when I look at, and I guess like the evidence is the best place to look um, mm-hmm. most, m- most of my clients, a large percentage um, it's career. It's, um, Business, career and business. So a lot of my clients are either executives or professionals looking to make a change in their career life, you know, and that maybe shift completely or, you know, go for the next level, what have you, or they are entrepreneurs or business owners that are looking to pivot or augment. So that's, that's where a lot of it comes in. And then of course, I believe as a nurse and I, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be a nurse to believe this, but as a nurse, I'm very much about holistic approach. And I also believe that if you are doing all this work in your career and in your business, but some other areas of your life are just really not going well, then that's also not okay. So I, that's why we look at the wheel of life. We look at, you know, all the areas, all your core values. And if you're not aligned, if you're not aligned in your relationships, but you're manifesting in your career, there could be conflict there. And so it's like at least exploring it to see if there's work that we need to do there as well. And you mentioned wheel of life. I, I believe you have actually a, a program on your website uh, with I that do. name, but, but, but talk about what wheel of life, what that phrase means to you in the context of what you're doing. Sure. So as I was saying, one of the things I do with my clients every, it's the beginning of our work together is to talk about their core values. So our core values definitely evolve, change based on where we are in our life, our life experiences. So I encourage people to at least do a kind of recap once a year, like whether it's, it doesn't matter when, but at least look and say, okay, are these still, are these still my core values? And what about those core values is still true. So for instance, a core value could be health your entire life, but when you're 22 years old, your core, your 
what health looks like to you might be six pack abs. And when you're <laughs> 54, it might look like a really good hemoglobin A1C and not being on cholesterol meds. Like, it, so you have to understand not only what those core values are, but what is the meat and potatoes underneath those. And so once you identify what those core values are, the wheel of life helps you to evaluate your satisfaction in those different areas. So career, love, health, spirituality, whatever is important to you. And, so, no, go ahead. No, see, the reason for doing that um, is not to necessarily say, oh, look, my, my score is two in career. Well, then I better fix that. No, it's really a matter of, okay, look at the whole thing holistically. Take a step back and say, all right, well, um, my satisfaction in my career is a two. However, my top core value is my family. And because of my career, even though I don't love what I'm doing right now, I'm making great money. I have amazing flexibility. And so those are the things that are, allow me to be very satisfied in, with my family. And that's what's most important. So for the next two years, I'm okay with those numbers, right? It can also have you say, okay, well, I am dissatisfied. Maybe I want to do something there. But it, again, it's just to make the picture more clear. Okay. So in, in the interest of clarity, uh, I want to explore uh, more specifically how you're using this concept of the wheel of life in, in, in your program. I'm, and, and I know you have, uh, you have this, uh, what do you call it? A discovery thing. I'm not sure what you discovery call it. On your, mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. I, on your website, um, by the, by the name of, of wheel of life. So, the, the the metaphor of wheel of life, how are you using it in that little exercise thing that's on the website? Let's use that as a starting point, and then we can tie it into what you're doing with your practice. Sure. So the wheel of life is actually, it's a worksheet, right? So that they print it out, and there's directions and, you know, um, things to consider and all that. And so once they've scored all those areas, that's a tool that we use in the coaching process to have those conversations. And again, the it's, I am very clear and encouraging about this is not a judgment. This is not like, Oh shoot, man, I put six, you know, I, I feel like I'm really at a five say in like family and why should I shouldn't feel that way because my family is fantastic. Well, no, this is not for anybody's eyes, but your own put what's true. And then let's, let's talk about like, let's dig a little bit into the why. Right. And then that way you can decide, is it something I need to address? Is it not? But it, it helps you to make very um, emotionally intelligent decisions about where you're going to go next. So unlike, for instance, the Abraham Hicks process called the, the, the focus wheel, which is designed to help you uh, focus in on what on a particular thing that you're trying to manifest. This is more of a it's called, I guess you call it a diagnostic tool to kind of identify where the person is at at that particular point so you can right. help them wherever they're going. It's more along that direction. Correct. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. That makes sense to me. Yeah. So, all right. Well, that gives us a little bit of the lay of the land. And, and Louie, you've been listening attentively. Is there anything uh, jumping out at you that uh, you want to address yet? <clears throat> um, nothing overly much. Um, my wife's also a nurse. Um, um, not, not really. I mean, it sounds great. It really does. It sounds That's rewarding cool. too. Very. <laughs> I mean, cause, cause your enthusiasm is coming through. That's, that's where I see yeah. the rewarding part being. Yeah. You're, you're so enthusiastic about explaining what it is that you're doing and, and, you know, just saying, Oh, I'm doing this and we got this thing and blah, 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 blah. I mean, it's just pouring out of you. So <laughs> because it works, I, I just see it work and it, and that makes me so happy, you know, mm. not for me, but for those that I can serve. And then 
it just, yeah, to, to see my clients have a breakthrough and, um, and they're just like, oh my God, I didn't, I never even thought of that. Or, you know, some of them come to me and really haven't leveraged the law of attraction or bought into a lot of those concepts. And, you know, my answer is you can buy into it or not. It's there. So it's your, that's again, you decide, look, you can see my, well, you probably can't see it because I have my thing on, but I have, you decide that's my logo. It's on everything. Uh, and you know, so I said, yeah, you can either way it's working mm-hmm, <laughs> You can mm-hmm. leverage it or not. So, um, but I'd love to see that like aha moment of, all right, I hear what you're saying and I see what's going on here. So one of the uh, themes that often comes up here on the program when talking with people who are professional life coaches is the theme of the life coach themselves having been through some kind of a trauma or some sort of a difficult challenge or something like that happened in their life. And they ended up leveraging that after they came through the other side and saying, Whoa, I just learned something really great. I got to share it with the world. And that's my motivation for becoming a, a life coach. I'm not really hearing that in your story. Is that not part of your story? So what I think what fuels my work is not trauma so much as evidence that the law of attraction and manifestation work okay. and, and the, the tools that I've used in my life to make decisions that have proven to be extremely solid. So it's like, I think, yes, for most coaches and myself included, you have to be, you have to be some steps ahead of the clients that you're helping. So that means you either have had to gone through that that trial, that trauma or whatever, or you've had these learnings that you've now gotten to a place where you feel comfortable to say, come with me. I did it. I can show you mm-hmm. how to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's where mine comes from. Cause like, look, okay. I have, I have the secret right here. My, I, it's from 19 something, 90 something, you know, like I, it's, it's on my bookshelf. I've got all the things. I love it. It's, it works. So I just, I'm like an evangelist or something, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're like uh, Joel Elston, one of my longtime co-hosts who had been away for a while, but he just came back in the last week or two. And uh, he is a uh, former psychotherapist and currently a life coach in the Richmond, Virginia area. And he buys wholesale like a thousand copies of The Secret every year and hands them out to everybody who comes into his office. So, Well, that's where yeah. my journey started, and that's why I, I feel like, you know, yeah, that's why I just, it's kind of like my anchor. That's where I started like 18 years ago when I read it for the first time. Plus, I, I really appreciate the fact that Joel is single-handedly keeping so many used bookshops in, in good order. That's, I think it's a great thing. <laughs> that's a great thing. That's a, yes, we don't want that to die. That's right. <laughs> so, so, okay. Did you also go down the Abram Hicks route? Pardon me? Did you also go down the Abram Hicks route? Yes, absolutely. I listened to... Um, the morning manifestation, like the, it's the one that's really, it's a fast one. I listen to that all the time when I'm in the shower and I'm like, yes, yes. <laughs> Rampage of appreciations as well. Yes, exactly. That's the one I do. I absolutely yeah. love that. Okay. Um, absolutely love Abraham Hicks. What I've done over the past, however many years since I read the secret is I went, I've, I've really tried to look again, holistically because the people you come in, come in contact with are, are different all different parts of the spectrum, right? Law, the law of attraction can be as woo woo and, you know, whatever as it can be all the way over to Joe Dispenza and like extremely scientific. And I think like people are at different parts of that line. And so I've tried to educate myself on all, because it's all the same thing. It's just said in different words, you know, and 
I like to be able to meet people where they're at, whether they're clients or not. And so some people, you know, like I've had people I've coached where I've, I've told them about that morning meditation and they love it. And they're like, yes. And some people are like, what in the world was that? <laughs> and so it's like, okay, let me regroup and find out where, how else I can get you that message. So yeah, I do. Love well, one, one word that keeps coming up with you is holistic. And I get the impression that it has a very specific meaning for you. What's that specific meaning? Well, it, it all started from, I think my nursing career when I was taking care of patients, which was like the first 10 years of my career, because you can't deal with a patient's blood sugar and ignore the fact that they're being abused at home. Mm. Right. You can't take care of a patient that's like I did hospice for a while. You can't take care of a patient that's dying and not address their grieving wife that's sitting at the bedside. Like, so for me, I just, it, that's always been how I've approached things. My life, other people's lives, my patients' lives, my, my, um, uh, uh, employees' lives, right? They can't be the best employee if they are going through things. So how do I help them? Like I was probably the, the winner of referring people to employee assistance programs because I felt they were, I felt they were so valuable. Like it's, it's a, it's there. Like you don't even have to tell me if you use it, but for Pete's sake, go for it, you know? Okay. Yeah. Oh, I, I get that. And, uh, I, I guess if I were to summarize it, then for you, the word holistic is their entire life, mm -hmm. all the people involved in their lives. Mm -hmm. Not, not so much, um, like holistic is usually used in the health field in terms of, well, let, let's make it, uh, instead of making it about prescription drugs, let's also make it about diet. You know, it, it takes right. a slightly larger, um, a, a larger framework, so to speak. But your framework really seems to go beyond that. It seems it to be a much broader framework. That, that, yeah, it, in my mind, yes. So again, when I have clients that are like, I really want to focus on this and I'm, I will respect that, but ultimately, and I don't tell them what to do, but just in questioning and in looking at things and whatever, they're like, yeah, I probably should talk about that too. <laughs> we probably, <laughs> we probably should figure out, you know, what direction I want to go in there. But again, I follow my clients leads, but usually all roads lead to holistic. So essentially we're, we're in very much the same space in terms of what we do here on, on the podcast, because, uh, I mean, this is somewhere around episode 1935 or something like that. I'm not sure what the exact wow. number is, but, but almost 2000 episodes. And after the first four or 500, you feel like you pretty much covered law of attraction, you know? So what do you do after that? Uh, and, and I decided, well, since the law of attraction touches every area of our lives and we're going to talk about every area of our lives from now on. And so that became the ongoing theme. Well, you, you're, you're kind of doing the same thing. But, yeah. but it, it's not just career. It's every area of your life. And we're going to look yeah. at all of it. And we're going to see yes. how it all ties in. Yeah. And I love to leverage or have my clients leverage because, okay, some people have never done a vision board, right? And that's not the end all. I get it. It doesn't mm -hmm. resonate for everybody, but it does for me. So it's a suggestion I make. And so what I've started to do also is to, to say to my clients, leverage Pinterest, right? Because... Uh, it, it, when you do, when you're thinking about your core values, let's say you have five top core values, make a Pinterest board for each of them and just search. I mean, you have the, the internet is like the infinite universe, right? Go find all the things that represent how you feel and what you do and all the things in that particular area. And then take what resonate, keep those and play around. Like that's where I talked about play and imagination. Consider Pinterest like you're like you're put 30 minutes on your calendar where you're just going to go play. You're just going to go shop, shop for the things you want. So the universe knows what the hell it is. And then 
take the things that resonate most and put those on your vision board. That's your big thing that you can put on your screen, on your phone, whatever. Um, but play, go deep, get specific. Very interesting. Play, go deep, get specific. That's quite a combination. <laughs> it really is. That, I mean, that, I, I hear lots of different uh, presentations and they're all really good, um, but uh, that's a unique one. Get, turning, going specific into play. It's a, yeah. it's, it's an important concept and it's a, it's an important, um, but not important isn't the right word. It's a, I can see where it's a powerful approach. That's really the word I'm looking for is powerful right. because when, when you zero in that way, you're really, you, you are going in very deep to what it is that I really want as my, right. as your client. And, and it's a question we often don't even ask ourselves in detail. No, we don't. I mean, there are a lot of people, if, if you were to ask them point blank what they want, most of their answer is going to come out with what they don't want. Well, that's true too, right? <laughs> we, we talk about a lot here. <laughs> yeah. And, and if my clients are doing that, I'm like, perfect. Write down what you don't want. And then let's write down what you do want. Now let's talk about what you do. Like, you know? So mm-hmm. it just depends on where they're at. Because some people do come at things very negatively. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's a little bit of a shock when they're faced with, okay, I'm going to uh, tell you what I want. I just came out with what I don't want. And then somebody says, well, yeah, okay, that's what you don't want. What do you want? Uh, uh, right. uh, cause they aren't used to thinking that when most of us are not trained to think that way. I know. I know. That's why I have helping to train people. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my favorite things to do here on the show. We, we get the conversation going, we go down some rabbit hole, uh, which we do all the time. We love rabbit holes. And while we're down in the rabbit hole, somebody expresses something as so often happens in, in using negative terminology. And I'm saying to myself, okay, so how do you flip that around? What's the more positive way of looking at the exact same thing? And it, I, I have really come to the conclusion it's a skill that has to be learned. It's not something that you necessarily absorb. You have to go out of your way to kind of yeah. study it yeah. and kind of learn how to, you know, absorb it into your conscious mind on a regular basis. Yeah, and it takes practice. Mm, takes a lot of practice. Yeah, yeah I mean, hu- humans are strange things. I mean, we suffer our poverty, and if we're rich, we suffer our taxes. And if we're <laughs> uneducated, we suffer. And if we're educated, we suffer even more. <laughs> we're good at suffering. And, uh, if you've got a pronoun, you suffer. And if you don't have a pronoun, you suffer. <laughs> <laughs> But what, what that's really telling me is that, um, you know, we're suffering our, our imagination, our, our thoughts. We're suffering because nobody ever said to us, you know, when you know what you don't want, focus on what you do want and make sure you turn that corner. Otherwise you will suffer. <laughs> right. And that's basically the very simple explanation of it all. And, uh, we're suffering our own intelligence. Right. Cause it's all there. We're not leveraging mm. it. Yeah. But it, it, it is interesting to work with um, very intelligent, professional, executive people who, you know, when I say, when they're thinking about, like, let's say, for instance, changing career or change or getting to the next level in their, in their current corporation or whatever. And I'm like, what I want you to do is sit, sit with this thought. What is it that you want? How do you want to feel? What do you want it to look like? Like, you know, when I go through all the very specific things I want them to think about, they're just like, what? Really? And I'm like, yeah. And then they do it. And the next week they're like, whoa, like that was not that easy. But once I got started, 
yeah, I realized I want it to be a very collaborative environment. I, re- you know, I said, excellent. Now the universe knows what you want instead of like, well, I know, no, really. Yeah. Cause that you're going to get, I don't know, really deliver it to you. And not only does the universe know what you want, but you're developing a muscle that wasn't getting development before. Right. Yeah. I mean, that, that to me is even more important. I mean, I, I get why we're all so attracted sure. to, well, the universe is getting the right message. I mean, you know, that, that's basic Galloway theory, but ultimately what we're really learning to do, wanting to learn to do is to habitually focus our attention in the way that serves ourselves right. the best. Because yeah. if we can do it habitually, then it's easy. Up until the time that it becomes easy, it's hard. <laughs> it sounds so obvious to say that, but it's true. Yeah. It, it, it can be really hard just because we've never done it before mm-hmm. or very little anyway, you know, right. not, not, not enough to, you know, say, well, yeah, I've been doing that regularly. Yeah. I, it, I continue to marvel at it. I continue to marvel at how, boy, we just get, we, we, we trap ourselves. <laughs> I don't know of a better way to say it. We, we we don't do it intentionally. It's not like not right. like we go out of our way to you know undermine ourselves, but we go out of our way to undermine ourselves. Well, <laughs> then we understand we don't understand why we don't understand what happened. We don't understand how we could get into that space and and why it would make a difference and so forth. I mean, some of us encounter LOA teaching, and that certainly helps those of us who do. But even some people who do encounter it, they still don't quite get it. Because it, it it does require a couple things that can be a huge challenge. One is self honesty, mm-hmm. really being honest with yourself about what you believe and what you've been doing and where you've been giving your attention and all that kind of thing. It, it I, I remember early on among the earliest episodes of the of the podcast, we would talk about how um, people would basically just go out of their way to. Not be honest. I, I, I'm, I'm, I, it sounds like I'm, I'm saying this in a judgmental way, and that's really not what I'm trying to do. But simply, I'm, I'm trying to describe the fact that people just habitually did not get honest with themselves. And how, in my own experience, my own experience was different because I remember the first time I got exposed to the whole LOA teaching, I was instantly aware of all the different ways I was undermining myself. I've, I was just overwhelmed with how the hell am I going to change all that? I got these massive number of processes, massive number of habits I got to change. I just, I just felt blown away by that. But that apparently is not the way most people deal with it, I guess. Maybe it's a defense mechanism. I'm not really sure. But there, I would say the majority of people, the first time that, that the whole LOA concept is presented to them, they find a way to convince themselves that they're not doing those things. They're not causing those problems. They're not undermining themselves. They're not creating their own blocks. They're not, they're not, they're not, they're not, they're not. And then along comes the life coach or the therapist to try to show them, well, yeah, are you sure about that? Right. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Yeah. Well, and and I think too, there's our our nature, our human nature is to stay comfortable, even Mm. if it's uncomfortable, right? Like we don't want to be uncomfortable, but if that's our, if that's where we've been for a, a long time, then that's our, it's safe, even though it's uncomfortable. Right. And then if you say, okay, well, if I am all into this and this thing, and I'm, I am acknowledging the fact that my, you know, my thoughts, my behaviors, my, whatever is contributing to the next thing. Um, it's, it's, it's scary. And it's odd from my perspective in that so often that which we consider to be comfortable and safe is neither. Exactly. Right. 
it, but it's but it's familiar. Yes, I, that's I, well. That's what I call it. I call it the familiar zone for that very yeah. reason. Yeah. But I, I, I'm just I continue to be amazed how many people, you know, they'll, they'll have regular traumatic experiences going on in their lives that are very cyclical and, and, and they obviously are contributing to them and, and other people are contributing to them. Um, they can be domestic violence. They can be uh, various kinds of drug or alcohol type things. There can be, there's a whole bunch of different ways that people can kind of mess themselves up and over and over and over again, they're all essentially making that same mistake and not realizing it. Or if they do realize it, somehow they, they bury it. Yes. But it never actually comes out into the open. Right. To be looked at. And so they really do feel that they, they, they end up living in a lifestyle. People who are really caught up in, in something like that, in that, that kind of a loop, they really are living with you know, violence or dysfunction or, or, or some kind of, of really, well, dysfunction is the word, really dysfunctional. Uh, situation and thinking of it as safe and thinking of it as comfortable. And I look at it from the outside, I say, Whoa, we human beings, we have a remarkable ability to rationalize anything. Right. If it's familiar. Yeah. If it's familiar enough, if it's yeah. kind of, you know, if there's enough tape playing over and over again, boy, we can rationalize anything as being safe or comfortable. It's really, yeah. it's, a, it's, it's scary, remarkable at the same time. Yep, I agree. I mean, I, I get rather annoyed when somebody says, go safe, you know, drive safe. I said, why don't you say drive excitedly? I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> why do I want to be safe? It sounds so boring. <laughs> <laughs> I just shake my head. What can you say? <clears throat> One of the things we love about Louis is he has a remarkable perspective. <laughs> just <laughs> remarkable. <laughs> <laughs> Use it or lose it. <laughs> oh, that's funny. It is funny. So, I, well, I know you can't uh, get into uh, specifics about clients you work with and so forth because that would violate confidentiality. But give us an idea of just you know, some of the, the themes that tend to come up a lot. Talk about some of those a little bit. Well, one of the themes for sure is um, I think that this goes back to what you and I were talking about a little bit before we went on live here is the way that we've been raised. Right. And I'm not, this is not faulting parents. That's not where I'm going. But uh, most of the, most of my clients are, like I said, executive professional business owners. Most of them are women. Mm -hmm. And the way that, you know, you're, you're raised is okay. So you're going to, okay. In that generation, like, Oh my gosh, you're going to go to college. Cause you know, that's what, Oh my God, women can go to college and they're going to do all the things. So, oh my God, go to college, get your degree. Oh, wait, get a master's degree. Okay, do that and then get a great job and get a super job. And oh, by the way, marry the man and then also have the children. And then, um, when you're, when we get older, you're going to take care of us, the parents, right? So that's kind of been the thing, like work hard, work hard, work hard, get your 401k, make sure you have vacation time. PTO is important, blah, 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 blah. And then, most of these, my clients get to this age where they're like, hold on a second. <laughs> Wait one moment. I don't know that this has to be the way it is. And it's not that the way it is is bad. It's just, that's the way it's always been. So we nobody questioned it. But now it's like, all right, I'm at this point in my life where there might be a little less left than there was that I had. And so do I really want to be doing all of this? 
going forward. And that's where many of my clients are. It's like, I want to either ramp it up. I want to do something completely different. I want to, um, you know, completely pivot. I want to buy the, buy the, um, the vacation house. I want, you know, so there's a lot of that realization of, I want to make sure that this next chapter is everything it could possibly be without the, the, um, tenants of what we thought it had to be. That's where a lot of, of my clients are coming from. So they're basically challenging the childhood narrative. Oh yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which is a healthy thing. I love yeah. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, and it makes me very happy because it's like, yeah, like make sure that and I'm big on, like I said, my mantra is you decide and you write your chapter, your next chapter. Do not let it be written for you. Cause there are many people at, with a pen at the ready that would love to write it for you. Oh yeah. Right. So make sure that you are controlling that narrative. You're making those decisions. And, um, and it's a really, really empowering and liberating thing for my clients. When and they the only person say, you've got to blame is yourself. Exactly. Right. Because even, even if something bad happens to you, something negative, like I had breast cancer when I was 42, that sucked. But you know what? It happened. And I took a step back and I was like, Mm-mm, it's not going to, it's not going to control my, my life. It's not going to control my narrative. And I did everything I needed to do to continue to work and do all the things. I had a choice. And that's, you know, people just have to remember that they have that choice and feel empowered to do the thing. Because then you're, you feel very liberated. Yeah, I remember so, the choice. Yeah, when you get to that point, you start realizing that, you know, because I've chosen everything, I control everything, and therefore, you know, I have more control in my life, therefore I, I feel better and I feel more in, able to achieve my goals and all the rest of it. So, yeah. Yeah, it's a beautiful snowball effect. Mm. There's a great power in choice as well that I think you can easily forget about if you don't give it attention. Uh, and, and so in that sense, when you kind of rediscover it, you, whoa, oh my goodness, I had no idea. And you start to appreciate choice more. Of course, you're, once you're appreciating, you're in a high vibe state. Mm-hmm. But, That's but true. that, right. But that, that appreciation is the best kind of appreciation is genuine. Mm-hmm. Cause you kind of, you, you pulled away from it and then you came back to it. Right. Pulled away from the choice, you gave up on choice, and then you came back and said, oh, I really do have choice. And you decide to embrace choice and go for it and get excited about it. And, yeah. And then life just got reinfused. I love that, reinfused, yes. Yeah, that's what it is, right? It's All, all of our life, we're, we're constantly making choices, consciously or, or unconsciously, subconsciously. Um, but we're still making choices. It's just a lot of the time we're not giving ourselves credit for it. So when we discover that we have that power, I guess what happens is we do it more consciously now. We do it with greater awareness. And w- what could you possibly be more appreciative of than what you're aware of? Another one of my favorites, well, is awareness is key mm-hmm. in anything, right? Like just awareness, awareness of your reaction to things, awareness of um, the fact that you do have the ability to decide, awareness of when you are falling into some of those limiting beliefs. Like you can have a, a negative narrative in your mind. You can have limiting beliefs. Okay. And the key is that you're aware that, okay, that's coming up for me right now. I'm aware of it. So now I can take a step back and I can make a choice to say, am I going to believe that? How am I going to react to it? Is it just my like 
this little kid popping up and going like, but that was like my biggest fear. Like, I got you. We're good. And moving on. Right. Like, mm-hmm. but it's, it's just awareness of it is just, it's so valuable. And in that awareness, we also are able to rediscover our ability to choose because when you have that, when you, when you're aware of what's going on, then you feel like you have choice mm-hmm. when you're not aware, you don't feel like you have choice. So, okay. So now we're reestablishing the, the realm of choice, so to speak. And then it, it becomes kind of a, it's like a self fueling en- engine at that point because mm-hmm. you start to gain momentum. You start, it starts to build up energy. It starts to, to build up the momentum and, and get larger and larger and larger, assuming that you stick with a continuous and consistent approach to how you're going to, to focus that awareness. The challenge here, I think is so often we get derailed. We get derailed in, in a wide variety of ways, but they all kind of add up to shifting that awareness. Okay. I was aware of X for a while, but I got distracted by Y. And so I forgot about X. So I'm just going to skip X and then X goes away as something to be aware of. And, and so we end up as being humans who are, basically being drawn to the next shiny thing rather than paying attention to what's really important to us. Yeah. I think what comes to mind for me with that is because again, it is easy to kind of get, have that squirrel mentality where it's like, Oh, but that, Mm. and then that one of the grounding and not grounding in a negative way, but grounding thing that I have leveraged that I teach my clients or encourage my clients is daily gratitude. Because if that's something that, if that gets derailed, then we have a different problem we need to talk about. Like it, it doesn't take any time. It takes positive energy to whether it's think about, meditate on, or write down what you're grateful for when you wake up in the morning and when you go to bed at night, or maybe just once a day. I don't even care. I walk around all day thinking about what I'm grateful for. It's the way I am. But if you can commit to that, at least five days a week that when you're feeling grateful and you're feeling that gratitude, it kind of is like the, I feel like it's the beginning of that like habit stacking. Like, okay. Oh yes. I'm grateful. Okay. Yes. Awareness. Oh yes. I do have choice. Like I feel like they're kind of strings attached to each other. And it's almost, it's like that starting piece that is not as challenging as the other ones are, but it leads to it. If that makes any sense. Challenging. Say that phrase, last phrase again. Something like it, because, um, really remembering about being awareness is being, is key. I can make my choices. I decide because those things are a little bit more, oh boy, I gotta, I have to decide. Like mm-hmm. I know that I get to, but I have to. Well, if you, if you're, if that whole practice kind of starts with daily gratitude, I feel like it's easier to, first of all, start with gratitude every day, but also then it kind of, bleeds into, oh yeah. And that awareness and oh yeah, those choices, right? It's into your place to start daily. I think. Yeah. I I get the sense then, uh, in part because of what you just said, but also in part because you mentioned a moment ago that, that you're doing gratitude all day long, that you're what, uh, Abraham Hicks calls a prepaver. You, you, you're, or, or a segment intender. You're, you're, you're going through your day and, and you're intending for this sex segment of the day for this is where you're going to focus or that's what you're hoping the result is or whatever. And, and you're just working throughout your day. Am I gauging that right? I definitely do that throughout the day. Like I, I time block, not for gratitude necessarily, but I time block for mm-hmm. the things I'm doing for my business. Mm-hmm. And there's always an intention and always like a, an outcome I'm, that mm-hmm. I want to have and whatever. And I also am very much like a, a big thinker. 
like vision person Mm -hmm. where like some people are not comfortable with that. Like my vision board is very much like some people might look at it and be like, okay. (laughs) No, no, no. You watch. You just watch. So so, Um, so you you aim for the moon, which is great. I do. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, That's what Abram Hicks says is a big problem with um, people's visualization is they only visualize something a little bit bigger and that doesn't excite you. Right. Yes. It just doesn't excite you enough. So you really aim big, aim, aim big. Yes. So that the juices are flowing. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Julie, I have a question for you. Um, do you find that helping people understand their reason for being um, an important part in your training? Yes, because again, that goes back to that holistic piece, right? It's like, if you don't really understand your purpose and and that's why the core values, because that, that is what, where, what comes out for people is what's most important. What's their purpose? What's their passion? Um, so, and that's where we always, always start. And they sometimes have pretty interesting revelations, even at that early on point, um, is like, wow, that is what's most important to me. And so maybe, maybe really what I want to be doing is, um, let me, I'm trying to think of an example. Well, I had one woman that she's like, you know what? I want to go take care of my parents. I don't know how much longer they're going to be alive. And so that means that I'm going to take six months off from my corporate job. I'm going to leave it knowing that I'll reevaluate in six months because for me right now, that's what's most important. And I'm going to figure that out. And so again, that's not like a global life purpose, but that was her immediate life purpose is like, I'm never going to get this time back with them and they're not ill yet. So like, let, let me spend this time now. Um, Mm -hmm. but I think it, it can get even bigger than that with some of the clients. It just, I think if you're aligned to your, if you're aligned to that and what you're doing, whether it's work, business, relationships, whatever, it just, it life's just better generally. Yeah, I mean, I, I found, and I, I think this is really core to me, and I mean, I know Walt will probably agree, is that when somebody really understands with greater clarity, maybe not why we're here, because I don't think anybody's really got that answer, but, you know, what we can do while we're here and what the limitations are, what the rules of the game are, like the law of attraction, et cetera, then um, a, lot of, a lot more stability happens to the individual. Mm, right. Like, and that's where I use the word grounding before, right? Grounding, sometimes mm-hmm. people think it's negative, but it's what you're saying. If you, if you know this as your foundation, then there's so much more that you can do. Mm-hmm. Is that kind of what you were talking about, Louis? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Actually, he brought something else that I'm kind of curious about. What he, he, he sort of barely touched on the woo side of it, which is, you know, well, why are we here? Do you have, do you, do you have thoughts on, on the idea that some people propose that, uh, we have either agreements with ourselves or, or we have planned before we got here what we were going to do with our lives? Some people buy into that. Other people say it's a bunch of nonsense, but, but do you have a take on that? Are you asking me or Louis? Uh, you. Julie. Oh, me. Oh, well, that's quite a question. I think I'm still, I'm still learning. I'm still Walt, learning. Walt knows my opinion on the subject. <laughs> <laughs> I've talked about all kinds of stuff with Louis. I get a good idea of where he's coming from on this one. I mean, I, I definitely lean towards, like, we're all here for a reason, and it was predetermined. I also am still learning about what exactly that is and what that looks like. 
So that sounds like a definite right on. <laughs> I just, I just feel like I, it's just a matter of learning more. My, me on my journey, just learning more. I think that there, it's obvious that that's the case. It's just how would I articulate that? You know, um, yet not. <laughs> <laughs> that's my answer. Like I'm to it. <laughs> One way I like putting it, Julie, is how much I know is this big, but how much I don't know is infinite. Absolutely. Oh, mm-hmm. for sure. Yes. Yes. And I consider the universe an infinite warehouse. Like, and I, I, one of my fun little social media posts I have is the universe is an infinite Amazon warehouse. Put it in the damn cart. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's the way I look at it. I'm like, I, I, go ahead. Yeah. It's very appropriate these days. <laughs> right? That's, I know. I'm like, this Man, all, I use this Amazon is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I have I have to give uh, uh, Jeff, Jeff Bezos credit. He he named it properly. Amazon is exactly what it is. It's massive. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah, it's it's huge and it has completely taken over for for now. Although I also have to give him credit for something else. I don't remember exactly how he phrased it, but he basically projected that Amazon's going to be wiped out by some other enterprise in another thirty years or so. So I, I give him credit for some self honesty on that. Well, yeah. I mean, most things, right? They get too big, and then it's like oh. I mean, Something even, happens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right. AI well, is a big, big up and coming thing by the looks of everything <laughs> out there. Julie and I had an in AI and, and uh... that. <laughs> <laughs> what, Louis, what you don't know is that uh, I experimented today. It was the first time I experimented with having AI write the description for uh, the promotion of this show. And what I didn't know is that it absolutely and totally screwed up. <laughs> <laughs> Did you give it enough parameters, Walt? <laughs> um, you have to give it quite a few parameters. <laughs> I, I guess the answer is apparently up. not. Uh, <laughs> because the answers that I came up with, some of them were great and some of them were like, huh? What? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I, I used this for, 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 you know, my daughter's now making soap. So we wanted a little logo for the website. So. I went to Bing because Bing has um, got chat, GBT. Well, they bought it. Microsoft bought it. So mm-hmm. there's a little chat function next to the search, and you can go in there. And I, I just chatted to the AI, and it created the most beautiful logo. And I said, can I use it for free? And they said, yes, you can, as long as you mention that it was made by Bing somewhere on your website. And now wow. I've got a completely unique logo, which is beautifully done. I mean, really, <laughs> really nice. Little bubbles of soap. And, you oh, know, that's everything fantastic. There. Um, and I was so impressed, you know, really, really impressed. And and it can create code for you. It can do a whole lot of things. It's really impressive. Yeah, it's definitely something that we've got to keep our eye on and, and play with, I think, is the best thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. You know, I'm, 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 a bit, I'm a bit concerned about my children because they're, they're learning rote things still. They, they, they've still got the old educational system where they have to learn things off by heart. Where anything that, you know, Google can answer is just really a waste of time to learn it, you know. You must be able to use the information Google can throw at you. Right. And put it together and make something out of it all. But, but to know that information is really irrelevant these days. Right. Yeah, that's what Walt and I were talking about. Just yeah. before the show. That's exactly <laughs> what we were talking about. Uh, I'm going to take that. Right. It is, yeah. I, I'm going to take it one step further here because 
uh, there's an interesting little rabbit hole I'm spotting, and that is the role of creativity, particularly human creativity. Because you mentioned, Louis, that uh, you had uh, this AI bot create a logo for you. Which I would have paid quite significant amount with all those normal applications with create logos for you. Now, this did it in seconds based on a few words for free and made a nice one. Yeah. And it was the first one I chose that it made. It gave me a few options. And, and, and not to mention all the people out there who are professional graphic designers who are creators of logos. And, right. and this is part of an ongoing process that has been happening pretty much since the ascent of man, but, uh, particularly in the last, uh, you know, 200, 300 years, uh, since the industrial revolution of, of a creative process being overtaken by a machine process. And so there's a, a lot of fear that can be generated uh, by, by a situation like that where the person who is the creative person can say, well, the machine is taking away my career, is taking away my, my, my joy, my, my thing that I love doing. Uh, and in fact, that was, well, kind of, that's kind of something that I identify with because what I was doing leading up to the creation of this podcast wasn't something I really loved doing, but my career was being taken away at that point by other processes that were coming up in uh, in the IT world. And it was disconcerting. I mean, I knew it was happening. I understood why it was happening. I wasn't against it happening, but I was finding myself feeling quite overwhelmed. Like, oh, well, you just wiped out my career. Now what do I do? Of course, that's what leads people like me directly into the hands of people like Julie. I was just going to say, <laughs> you didn't know me back then. All right. <laughs> But it's true, though. I mean, that, that's how we end up in these little um, spaces that we were talking about before, where we're, we're, we're in that comfort zone, we're in that safety zone, and the comfort and safety zone is proving to be disastrous. And it's yeah. scary. And now we have to figure out what we're going to do with that. So, I mean, there are people right now who are, for instance, facing the annihilation of whatever it is they're pursuing as their love because of AI. So somebody yeah, like that I mean, when it you... comes to technical drawing of buildings, yeah. and, uh, you name it. I mean, there's so many jobs that's going to just in seconds and a thousand times better, you know, and, and, taking and in all reason, the parameters question. that you wouldn't even have dreamt of, you know. Right. So if you're one of those millions of people who find that their careers are basically on the line because of what some machine is able to do. I mean, Julie, I'd presume they pretend to come to you, you know, their client. What do you tell them? I tell them that we're going to talk about their core values. And we're going to identify blocks and we're going to understand what it is that they really want to do based on those things. Like it's, it's, it's very, it's a similar process regardless. Like, cause I can't tell them, Oh no, it's not going away or, yeah, right. that, I'm, or that I'm sorry. They're going to be like, well, I'm not paying you to tell me your story. So I would help them go through that process. And there might be something that they never even knew they wanted to do because they never thought of it. But now that hmm. that's, not no longer something they might be like, well, like I had a client who was a nurse and all of a sudden she's like, you know what else? I really want to get into real estate because I've always wanted to do some like property, not property management so much, but like buy properties and, and, you know, fix them up or do whatever. Like there was this creative side that because she was a nurse, like didn't come up until it came up and it wouldn't have come up unless, you know, there was some space held for her to explore these things. So that would be the same thing. Like, okay, yes, this thing that you thought was going to be the rest of your life is might be going away. All right. So then let's talk about what's important to you. What do you love? What can you envision? Go to Pinterest, play. It's like, it's so 
and I don't want to make it sound simple, but it's really that I, the, the whole process is like kind of tried and true as long as the, you know, the person's willing to do the work and that's sometimes people are, and that's okay too. Well, plus also what we're, what, what I'm kind of drilling down to here and what we've been talking about is how unlimited creativity is. We tend to get limited in our thinking about what I'm creative about. You know, here, here's right. my creative area. And what the, with the process that you describe that you do when you, you know, what are the core values, et cetera, et cetera. That process is designed to help them really break out of that little, little box they put themselves into. Absolutely. Yes. Because I mean, the possibilities are endless. Like I said, put it in the damn cart. I think ultimately what this adds up to, especially in an age where information is flowing so rapidly. I mean, I think about you know where the information flow was, say, 50 years ago compared to now. It's, just, it's not even in the same league. Uh, and, and you know it's going to accelerate even more as time goes on. What, we're, what we as a species are learning during this curve of, of accelerated change and accelerated um, ability that, that the technology is giving us, we're learning how to trust our creativity in ways that we didn't know how to do before. And that means breaking through um, boundaries, but it also means learning that our creativity is endless. And and I think we're kind of all facing an existential crisis in a sense, because we do have this, this fear that if our particular creative endeavor goes away, that that's the end of our lives. Or, you know, or at least metaphorically, that's the end of our lives. Uh, when in fact, it's actually an opportunity to expand out even further. I would agree. That's, really, that's the challenge. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's a big I mean, uh, Elon Musk, uh, no, actually, it wasn't Elon Musk. It was some other, the guy who's part of the team to create Chat GBT. Um, was saying that, you know, the problem starts when you say to a, a robot, get rid of all spam. And of course, it's logical deduction is let's kill all the humans. <laughs> <laughs> problem sorted. <laughs> you weren't kidding, Walt, when you said that Louise got an interesting Oh, person. totally, totally different. Yes. <laughs> True. It's so true. Yeah, he keeps things lively around here. Uh, we're, we're running a little bit short on time. I want to make sure we uh, get a couple things in here. For, so first of all, Julie, if somebody wants to find the uh, the Wheel of Life uh, discovery process that you have, I imagine they do this through the website. Yes. Also talk about how people find you and uh, how do you – tell us a little bit about the sorting process in, uh, in terms of whether or not somebody ends up working with you and whether or not you take them on as a client. Sure. So um, my website is julieallison.com. It's – Julie, A-L-L-Y-S-O-N. Not everybody spells it that way. But julieelson.com. And you have the opportunity, as you said, Walt, to set up a free discovery call with me. And that can be whether, you know, you are like, you know, I think I might want to do some coaching with you. Or if you just have some decisions you need to make or you're interested in the work I do, that 30 minutes is whatever people want, really, to to understand. Because some people have never engaged in coaching before. So if it's just, a, I'm not sure, but I want to know. Totally. Also, my website, um, there's a link to get the Wheel of Life D, uh, PDF for free, so you can get grab that. And if you want, you can grab the PDF and then schedule the discovery call, and we can talk about what you've put together on your Wheel of Life, which is also a great option. And then um, I'm on 
my Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn are all on my website. So you can just connect to those right away. And um, yeah, I would love to hear from any of your guests um, or your listeners. Um, I just love, I just love people and I love all things, you know, getting people to the next level and happy and satisfied. So, uh, do you, some life coaches will, will, will sort, they're only looking for certain kinds of clients who are motivated in a certain way or, or something like that. Do you have any kind of a sorting mechanism like that? Um, well, I, a lot of it comes out in the discovery call, mm-hmm. uh, because, because I'm very, I mean, I, you could probably tell I'm very honest and straightforward and you know, it's, I hold, I have a high accountability program mm-hmm. because, um, I don't want you to waste your money and time and not have results. So I'm, it's high accountability and I, and I, and I'm clear with that on the discovery call. So some people are like, I don't know that I'm ready for you. I'm like, that is absolutely fine. Cause I'm a lot sometimes and that's okay. Mm-hmm. If I'm your, if I'm your person, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, that's the, the common theme. The really good life coaches, they don't, they don't worry about that. They know that they're going to get the right ones because yeah, that's absolutely. the way it works. Yeah. Some people are like, no, oh, I don't think so. Some people are like, it won't be otherwise. That's so right. What was that, if you understand the law of attraction, it can't be otherwise. hundred <laughs> percent. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> very, very true. Um, something else I want to mention to you, Julie, because uh, this, well, first of all, this is a practice that I've been adopting now for the last year or so, and I really like it. And it definitely applies to you. Um, as we go through life, uh, there, there are many people, people who've come onto the show particularly who are givers, who, you know, you're, and you're one of them. You, you're constantly trying to find new ways to give to people. And, and so often we, because of the technology, because of the social media, the podcasts, you know, all the different ways that, that we can reach out, we are reaching out to people who we never meet, we never see, and they're, and they're benefiting and, they're, and we're excited about that, but we never actually see it unless we happen to get an email from them or a phone call or something along that line. But there are all the others that we never hear about. And I think it's important to remember and recognize that. So on behalf of those people that you've never met and that you've never seen who you've been helping all this time and who you're continuing to help, thank you for what you've been oh, doing. That's, that's fantastic. What you to do. I appreciate I really that. Think, I really think it's important. That's why I make it a practice to do that. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. And uh, Louis, any any last thoughts before we wind up today? No, nothing else. Thanks very much, Judith. Yeah. For yeah. Yes, it was wonderful talking Good with stuff. you both. It's been great having you. Thank you very much. Thank you to our podcast listeners everywhere. We'll see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you, everyone. 